This is Greg Chastain, the host of the Cardinal Cafe. Welcome to episode two with actor Sean Allen Krill. In this episode, Sean talks about the reopening of Broadway and a little bit of insider knowledge of Jagged Little Pill, along with some other fun stuff that we got into. I hope you enjoy. One of the things I, I did hear today, and maybe you can give us a wink, wink. We heard that um, September might be looking good for Broadway. Well, yeah, the mayor announced yesterday that they're setting up vaccine, yeah. a site, possibly sites for the Broadway community specifically. Oh, well, fantastic. So that they can get uh, the theaters back open sooner yeah. than later. I don't really know. And I, you know, I haven't heard anything definitive from anyone. All I know is that the fact that, you know, the, the president of the Broadway League and the fact that the mayor have both now said in public statements that we need to get Broadway reopened. It's mm -hmm. a priority mm -hmm. is only a good thing <laughs> for yeah. us. So, I mean, it's, you know, because it's just um, all these, all these people working in the arts in, yeah. in New York are just, you know, yeah, it's just it's yeah, people who aren't a part of the shows. I don't think realize how many people besides the actors it takes to run oh, a theater. Right. Oh my God. Well, and then big. it just, and then it just dominoes down, you know, the, the industry affects so many other industries, the restaurant yeah. industry, the hotel industry, the tourism industry. I mean, all of it is so interconnected in, in New York. If there are no shows, then, you know, that's one of the main reasons that people come here. Yeah. <laughs> it, mu it must be really strange there. We lived there for a few years. We lived up on a 56 and Broadway next to the uh, Letterman Theater. Well, no, oh, it's not wow. Letterman, the Colbert Theater. <laughs> With Letterman when I lived there. Right, right. And we would just walk and stroll through Times Square because it was beautifully lit and crazy. And I can't even imagine what it is now. I just, yeah. I can't wait to get it's back. It's still lit. I mean, they, yeah. they've never turned it off, which is nice because that would be really strange. That uh, would yeah. be but, sad. <laughs> but it's also very strange to see it lit. You know, in the early, early days of the pandemic, I did, uh, Harry and I walked over and, that was very odd. I, I think it was about two weeks, three weeks in, and and there was no one in Times Square, and it was all still lit up. So it just, oh. it just seemed like a scene from you know a post apocalyptic. Yeah, movie not even the Elmos. Was, there were no Elmos out there. To... No, nothing. No. no, there was there was maybe one or two people you know scrambling to get somewhere. But it's not like that now. I mean, there are, there are still people coming to. To visit now I, I can tell there are more people coming to new york just to come here now and you know it, it's still hard to know whether or not that's good or bad but we're on we're on the right track right i mean thank yeah. god for the vaccines and thank god that we're you know we're getting closer and closer to having everybody to a yeah. point where we can all just be in a big room together and enjoy something yeah. we just it's, have to get past the spring break surge exactly <laughs> exactly but you just better be ready sean because when things open up you're going to have, I, I bet we're going to have at least 50 to 75 of our members are going to be <laughs> on the bus, on the trains, whatever. We're, the first show we're coming to see is Jagged Little Pill. Well, I can't wait. Uh -huh. Well, I, you gotta, you, I mean, you're going to let me know when oh, you're there. Yes. We'll let you know. You know, I don't know that we probably won't have a line for a while and we probably won't be able to bring anybody back, but I can definitely come out and say hello at least, you know, it sounds crazy to even talk about it now. It just seems I so, I know it's not impossible, but at this point a year in, it does, it does sort of feel like, wow, is that ever really going to happen again? I just, yeah, that I, sounds, that sounds like a really nice thing. Let's plan that. Let's do that. I'll meet you guys after the show. I've got a really <laughs> good picture with your wife in the show. Uh, we came in January, just before you guys closed later, on a night it had to be fifty below zero. God, it was cold. Oh. But you all came out and took photos. 
But you only came down to a couple people and went back in. <laughs> so I couldn't really? get your picture. I couldn't get your picture. I wonder why Why would I do that? I don't know. There must have been 50, 50 below zero. There must zero. have been somebody, uh, a surprise visitor backstage or something. Yeah. I don't know why I would uh, be, how, how very dare me. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got to see it in Boston, which was just absolutely. Oh, you amazing. did? Yeah. 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 It, was, it was the most amazing production. So I really want to see. You know how they workshopped it and how they how it changed from the Boston production. If the storyline changed drastically, just a little bit, because I know I know things do change. Mostly little changes. Some, I mean, you know, it's uh, Greg. You said you saw it, right? You saw, yeah, it. yeah. I can't believe nobody gets killed by those giant movie sheets well, or whatever those know, things are. They're not. They, we believe me. We had to work very hard, and there were definitely some. <laughs> feet that were rolled over and it was it was uh, it was a it was a thing for a while we we figured it out i think it's but it was a safety issue there for a while but there were there were some some pretty significant changes uh, for steve and mj but mm. no great giant structural changes yeah um, i know they moved Derek's song if i remember correctly they moved Derek's song from act two to act one which oh, he, lo- he loved and that was a big move that he was all for and uh, not to speak for him, but he was, I know he was very happy about that. It kind of became a song about Nick as opposed to him responding to all that stuff that happens to him and then singing perfect. It was really just sort of a, it was setting up his character. My daughter was actually at your very last show before oh, we closed and she texted me in the beginning and goes, it says Nick's not here tonight. Before she knew you guys were to close it, she was like, it's the kid who was tearing up Catherine's character. He was the, he was the rapist or whatever right. it was. And Logan. Logan, yeah. And she was like, Nick's not in it. I'm like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> she loved Nick. <laughs> we were all sick as a dog the last, I mean, there was so much. I mean, I like to pretend that I don't know what it was, but I think we were all just spreading it around, you know, uh, mm. unfortunately. Yeah, Elizabeth was out. Celia was out. Derek was out. I was out. There were a lot of people. There was one point where we had all the swings on that week. It was just, it was, February was rough. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. And I, I was out three days because I had no voice. Couldn't, couldn't make a sound. Oh. So it was, it was a rough time. And Derek was really, really bad. And and I think that that last show, uh, I know I can say, cause he's said as much, but I mean, that last show, he, the show closed, they closed Broadway and he got tested the next day and he had COVID. And oh. he was, Yeah. Yeah, we were going through, we were in the midst of uh, Anything Goes rehearsals because we were going to go up in May. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, you can't come tonight? You can't come tonight? All of a sudden, it's the same thing. It just it just yeah. exploded because nobody knew at the time. But Right. And I remember I remember doing those shows. I remember standing here looking at Harry and going, I'm so tired. I can't believe I have to go do a Broadway show. Like, you know what I mean? Cause you don't want to, you don't want to be bad in the show, you know, right. but I don't want to not do it. But I just remember being like, why am I so exhausted all the time? Well, now we know, I think, you know, yeah. I was never actually tested. I just want to circle back to something before we close in your conversations about guy. Yes. I've seen Jagged Little Pill twice. Do you draw on the caring of guy? Because in that role, you are so caring for your wife, your family. Now that I understand and heard your story with Guy, I can see you being the caregiver as you try to be in that in that role. And it, it really comes through. And now I kind of have a, a better perspective of, of where you might draw that from. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I absolutely do. I have to put it away until until the end because I think 
I think Steve and I have some things in common, but I think he's basically been shut down for a decade or so. He's waking up, I think, mm -hmm. as you, as you, the story you watch, you're basically watching the family fall apart because their glue, MJ, is in distress. She's always been the glue. And I think, if I may, you're kind of slowly watching Steve try to figure out why and also be the glue. Yeah. You know, so I don't think he really is the care, the caring caregiver until he realizes that he absolutely just has to be and needs to be and probably should have always been. That scene that I have with the doctor, mm -hmm. I never have to act in that scene. It's just I've stood in a hallway and had a doctor tell me horrible things about the person I love the most in the world, you know, and mm -hmm. so it's never really very hard to sort of go there and then. In fact, it's, it's, um, <laughs> Diane and I talked a lot about exactly how far I should go there before right. Mary Jane, because you kind of want to save it a little bit and let right. the audience feel the emotions more than the actor is. But, you know, Diablo wrote, he breaks down in the scene, you know, after the doctor says, have you noticed any signs of erratic behavior? Steve breaks down. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Director said to. Uh, <laughs> it's always just really nice to watch a character try to not lose it. It's much more sort of engaging. And then it's that much more, I think, moving when they do finally, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I love that moment in the show for so many reasons. It's the beginning. Finally, I think of the family beginning to heal. Everything is out and they can finally turn it around and at least try to help each other and heal together just watch them drift further and further apart for, you know, an hour and a half at that point. So I love that part of the show because it's at least a beginning. You shared that song with us during the uh, pandemic to my group and Mary it was a Jane. beautiful moment for them. They have been so enamored. Well, they're enamored with the show, but they've been so enamored with you coming on and trying to help them through this time. It's been tough for everybody. I mean, I'm enamored. I, you know, I was moved that you reached out and explained Voices of Hope to me. And I obviously always want to do what I can. And I'm proud to be a part of it now. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but like Ed said, as soon as this is open, we're coming down busloads. I love it. We're going to support you in that show and all the, all the people in that show. A funny little side note. So Catherine Gallagher's in your show. Yes. And our trombone player who's in our pit orchestra, uh, David Hastings, went to college with her father, Peter. Oh, wow. So he got uh, Peter to send us a, a nice hello. It was during um, when he was on Zoe. It's just amazing yeah, the connections. I would just go have. to work and be like, Catherine, your dad is killing me on the <laughs> show. He's killing me. He's so good. Oh, is I hear he's coming back. Who knows? There's any you, not spoiler alert, but anything can happen on that show, right? I mean, right. It's, yeah. you never really know. It could be flashback. It could be some part of her power. I don't, you know, who knows? Could be a Dallas moment when Bobby Ewing was in the shower right. the whole it was time. All a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also weird, uh, weird little thing I will add to that is that that makes it even stranger. Is I played trombone. I played trombone in high school. Really? You just mentioned your trombone player, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was why I was in music. I, I played trombone for like nine years through wow. elementary, junior high, high school. Oh, that's great. I played mm. saxophone. I had to quit the saxophone because the wooden reed drove me crazy. To this uh, day, I can't eat wooden. I can't anything with wood like texture in my mouth. I, being a brass player, I never understood it. I mean, it was always just like those people with the reeds. You know? <laughs> yeah, I play, I play trumpet. Right. All right. <laughs> oh, my reed broke. 
you know, like I'd be like, oh my God, what what is a reed? Yeah, well, try <laughs> developing a lip when you're playing trombone or trumpet. <laughs> I know the embouchure, the embouchure. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're a reed player. It's the buzz. It's the it, buzz. It just to this day, I and growing up, they had the little ice creams with the wooden spoon that you, mm-hmm. the little hoodsies. Uh huh. Is that called a hoodsie? Well, because it, the, the company in Boston, Hood, Hood Dairy Company, so they would make these, they would call hoodsies. And I don't know what they're called in other parts of the country, but we call them hoodsies. Oh, my God. I love that. I've never heard them called anything. There was just a, the little wooden spoon on the top of the ice cream. Yeah. I had to throw the spoon away. Hood, oh, right. Right. Because it was too flashback. Getting, I have goosebumps PTSD. now. <laughs> if, we were on a, if we we're on TV right now, you'd see the goosebumps I have. The real oh. thing, I, if it's true. I just never got it because, I mean, we were always walking around like when it was, you know, when it was cold outside. I, would, I did marching band. So it was cold outside. We were always like keeping our, uh, you know, our mouthpieces warm, like buzzing in them so that they weren't freezing. But the reed players always had to, you know, keep the reeds in their mouth. Yeah. But you had to be really careful from what I understand, because if you did it too much, then they'd break. They'd split. They'd split. Yeah. And that was when you got that, you know, that crazy like duck yep. sound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I went to a high school that was teeny tiny in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. You had to either be in marching band or choir because you couldn't be in both because there was only 80 kids in my class. Oh. So I, I, chose, I chose choir. After after my freshman, I'm like, I'm done with band. I can't stand this. So wow, I chose choir and, and the always, rest is history. I love that. I never, I was never in choir. I always, I always wanted to be, but I was so busy. Like you said, I was always so busy with band. I, Our marching band went everywhere. They were at the Macy's parade, the Chicago St. Wow. Patrick's parade, all that stuff. They were, they went everywhere. The choir never got to go anywhere, but uh, yeah. but they got to go on trips. But we got to do theater. I got to be the lion in the Wizard of Oz. Oh uh, my gosh! Fun. I had a, I, yeah, 104 fever in that costume. I was dying. <laughs> but my grandfather wow. was there, so I had to do it because my grandfather wanted to see it, and he's the only night he could be there. Wow. Well, we could tell stories all night. I guess. I guess we have to have you back, Sean, and tell more <laughs> more stories. Yeah. We're gonna all have right. a five hour five hour podcast. Um, <laughs> I really do appreciate you coming on, Sean. Mm-hmm. I know you have some other things that are coming up, though. Do you want to share what you're going to be on? And by the way, I'm jealous that you got to be that close to Remy Malik. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a doll. He was so nice. Mr. Robot was the first thing I, I ever did on TV. It was a really challenging part for me because he was I was playing this guy who was just terrible. I mean, he was just this horrible bully. I mean, that's too light a word for him. I mean, he was, a, yeah. Yeah. you know, he was a murderer, you know, he was just a racist horrible gang leader really and uh yeah rami i was doing this scene with him and i had to just be hor- i'd lean into rami's face and it was a scene with rami and joey badass and we i was talking to them both and i remember sam esmail coming out and saying that was great that was great we just need to do it one more time and sean just pause before you say that last line just really just pause great and it was a shot that meant I had to go outside the basketball court and it was a big crane shot and all the basketball players had to reset. Everybody had to go back to one, right? So don't mess it up, Sean, because <laughs> it's a huge, crazy involved shot. I did it again. Sam Esmail comes out really pause after that line. Oh, okay. Back to one. Everybody. And that was when I, I mean, I think Rami could see that I was just like, I'm ruining this show. You know, <laughs> he said, <laughs> He said, dude, just pause like you have never paused before in your life. 
<laughs> I mean, and you know, cause he'd been doing the show at this point for two years and he said, just don't be afraid of the time because he can always take away, but he can't add. And I said, wow, that's amazing. So I did, I did it. That was the last take and it was fine, but I'll, I'll never forget that, that he, he gave me this kind of amazing, that's amazing advice really for any TV or film shoot. Like, you know, you, if you go too fast or overlap someone else's line, then it's going to basically ruin the take because they can't split it and edit it. Right. But yeah, yeah, I loved him. And I was so, I mean, I don't really know Rami, but I remember just being so thrilled for all of the success that he, that he's accomplished. Yeah. Whenever I see him now, I can see his Freddie Mercury. That's it. Yep. <laughs> I know he was incredible, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. So good. But yeah, no, I, I've got like, I, I've already shot three things that are coming up. There's a, there is a miniseries on Hulu called uh, Dope Sick, which is about the early days of the opioid crisis. And that is written by Danny Strong, who is I'm a huge fan of. He was, you know, I don't know if, if you were Buffy fans or Gilmore Girls fans, but Buffy, he was yeah. he was on both of those. And yeah. and he has become an amazing, very, very accomplished writer now in Hollywood. Uh, so it was great to uh, see him again. I've, and I was working on a couple of musicals with him. He rewrote, he wrote that new book to chess that I did at the Kennedy center. Oh, really? Uh, yes. With, with Raul Esparza. And, and then he and Michael Mayer were writing a musical called Galileo about Galileo Galilei. And so we were working on that the week before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're hoping, hoping things keep moving forward with that. Yeah. And there's a new, TV show called Dr. Death. Is that Stephen King? It is not Stephen King. Uh, oh. It's based on a podcast that was hugely popular that is based on a true story of a doctor who was sort of systematically killing his patients. Uh, he was a spinal surgeon. Uh, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Joshua Jackson. I did a little scene with Joshua Jackson and Grace Gummer. It was amazing. And I got to wow. operate, you know, poke around in a, in a fake dead body and, or not a dead body, but a, a body. And, um, there was blood and everything that was fun. And then I just shot a blue bloods. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah with Ed's buddy. With Ed's Ed, buddy. Yeah. Ed, your friend, um, Mr. Wahlberg that you got pictures with. Oh, yeah. oh good. Oh, of course. <laughs> we, we sang, yeah, we sang the national anthem at the Celtics. Um, oh, right, right, right. Last right. year. And there's all of a sudden there's Ed, putting the wristband on it to Donnie and Donnie's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they flashed us up on that jumbotron. He is a blast. I mean, he just, yeah. he's always goofing around. He was like, I, I spent three days on the set and a lot of my stuff was with him. So uh, he, he was, uh, he's a goofball. It was well, Lauren fun. Patton's on that show too, right? She is, but I have never, I, I, my storyline cr- didn't cross with hers. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. Now I have a question. Have you ever done a law and order? I haven't. My husband, Harry has done five. Wow. He was always that guy going like, oh, we found her in the bushes, you know, so-and-so came over, you know, <laughs> he's like the guy that's leading, you know, the two detectives down to the body, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that with like Jerry Orbach and all of the, all the guys. He did wow. it with all of them. So it's incredible to watch his reel because it just goes through the whole cast. You know? uh, I always thought they should do a Law & Order musical episode with all the people in theater that have gone through that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I never, I know it's that show. I feel like Blue Bloods is kind of becoming that show now that everybody's, mm-hmm. everybody's doing Blue Bloods okay. awesome. and Blacklist. And Blacklist. Yeah. Blacklist. Yeah. And that's great. Well, yeah. Sean, again, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, 
being here. I can't wait for you guys pleasure. to get back on stage. I think we can split this into two podcasts. <laughs> we might be able to. Oh, well, I talk a lot, so it's my fault. No, it's no, it's that's perfect. So enjoyable. It's so enjoyable. <laughs> that's what we want. Voices of Hope just can't thank you enough for uh, helping booster our lives during uh, the pandemic by coming on and doing some songs for us. And it was just incredible, especially yeah. the, the first one when you did Mary Jane acoustically and challenged yourself on a guitar to pay, play it. It was beautiful. Sure yeah. It was great. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Every little piece of the journey has been wonderful. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to sit down and talk to you guys. Yeah. Finally, see who, see who True. we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We do have one segment we do at the end of the show. Every, every time it is a quiz. Oh my goodness. Theater oh. quiz. It's, it's a theater it's, quiz. It's, oh. Trivia. Theater trivia. Oh man. Okay. It's Ed's week to, to do it, to try to stump me. So I'm like, thank okay. God Sean Allen Krill is with me this week. Let's go. So you're trying to get Greg. Right, but you can help Greg. Okay, okay. Because this week I'm paying homage to one of your characters that okay. you've done in musical theater. Okay. So this is all about Sunday in the Park with George. Okay, so this is a multiple answer question for Greg. First of all, Greg, who is George in Sunday in the Park with George? George Surratt. George Surratt. Very good. Pointillism. Very. There was a second one. What is the name of the painting that the... Oh, you... Sunday that, on the Isle of Grand Jatte. I've actually seen it in Chicago. It was, Grand Jatte. Jatte. used to hang in the Chicago Art Museum. That's where I saw very it. Very good. I am very, very, very good, Greg. I'm, I'm impressed. I love that show. That's That was my, oh my first... God. It's the first show I ever saw Mandy Pantinkin in. It was incredible. Oh, it's so wow. good. So good. I love that show. All right. Well, Sean, thank you again for joining us. And, uh, and thank you for sharing uh, your stories of Guy. We come on here and uh, Voices of Hope, as you know, raises funds for cancer research. And we need to share those stories and tell those stories to understand that we need to keep raising the dollars and, and moving the ball forward so people can enjoy their lives in a much better way, a more fulfilled way, living with cancer now. So I thank you for that. That Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. And I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you said. And I, I just, I, I'm thrilled to share my stories of Guy. And I always love talking about Guy and sharing his, uh, his bravery and his, his journey with cancer. And uh, to have been a part of the Voices of Hope journey this past year. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thank you, Sean. You are, you are definitely ingrained in the family. That's for sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Everybody to hear more, vohboston.org. Our other podcasts are up there. And we have a new theme song. It, it was written by Crystal Polychronis and Peter Tintindo for Voices of Hope. And you can hear the whole thing at the end of this podcast. So enjoy it. And if you like it, it is on iTunes and all the money that we raise for it goes to Voices of Hope and Cancer Research. Again, thank you, vohboston.org. Sean, it's been a pleasure. We have to have you back. We have to talk more. We have so I'd many more to. stories. And I think we have mutual friends that we need to figure out who they for are. For sure. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, we'll Ed. Again. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you so much, Sean. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As Sean mentioned, his partner... Guy Adkins, wrote a book, Notes from a Candyman. You can still purchase that book at Apple Books. Pick up a copy and enjoy it. It's a beautiful read. Thank you.